Hi, this is Debbie Ritter. I'm here with my good friend Leslie Henderson, and we are back again to speak with you about what is on our hearts. Uh, we have been discussing um, this book, Searching for and Maintaining Peace, by Father Jacques Philippe. Did I say that right? That sounds good to me. <laughs> and uh, today we're going to uh, dive into um, how to react to that which causes us to lose our peace, or at least we'll start with that. Um, it's been a crazy week for me. <laughs> yeah. And even just us getting together has kind of been um, like some yeah, challenging <laughs> this time, which for me today, as I was um, reviewing uh, what we were going to speak about today and reading the book, it just played so well into what I was reading. And so that was comforting to me and uh, taught me a few things um, that I haven't really allowed to um, sort of settle in my mm-hmm. in my soul. I, I sort of have this kind of ongoing, um, you know, I'm so blessed and so I shouldn't have to worry about anything and um, I get down on myself if I uh, feel stressed out because I shouldn't feel stressed out and, yeah. um, you know, because people are starving in Africa and, right. you know, what do I have to complain about? Mm-hmm. And really, that is a disservice to God's love and peace. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, you can even look at it the the times we find ourselves um, experiencing anxiety and um, let's say, say first world worries and that sort of thing. It's an opportunity to reflect on the bigger picture. So, right. yeah. So everything that seems adverse is we need to come to understand it as a, as an opportunity. Right. And bring it to God. How should I? Respond to this, which is exactly the title of this next part. Right. Yeah. And is there, it seems like there's two beginnings to um, being together here this morning and talking about this. One is I realized um, since last time that um, we were remiss, really, in um, not referring to Father Philippe's um, opening words um, to tell us that this this book is um, it's necessary to it won't do us any good to discuss it and consider it unless we understand something very very fundamental and that is um, we have to um, know it, well, what he says actually is to know why it's so important to strive to acquire and maintain peace of heart we have to first be convinced that we can do nothing good, we can achieve nothing good, and we do do nothing good apart from God. So he's kind of presuming that from the get-go, is that he's addressing an audience who's willing to take this on and willing to say yes to this and try to grow in their conviction of that. A conviction of our complete powerlessness to do good by ourselves. And so our fundamental challenge is to ask ourselves, how can I let Jesus act in me? This is um, yeah, right at the beginning after the preface. And in order to let Jesus act in me, we need to find the right disposition of soul to allow him to act in us, which is what this is all about, the peaceful disposition of our soul. Without a peaceful disposition of soul and heart, Jesus can't very effectively act in us. And right. if Jesus can't very effectively act in us, we can't effectively accomplish anything good. Right. So that's foundational. And I just 
kind of realized after the fact that I think we kind of implicitly referred to it, but I think it really needs to be explicit. We got to start there and and accept that from the get-go. And then the second beginning point was your good point about today's reading right. in the Gospel and right. Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so today's reading, um, yes, today's reading says, Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And that is from Matthew. Um Yes. So exactly what you were saying about allowing, um, having the disposition to allow God to do that for us. Mm-hmm. And what I find interesting and what was sort of my um, revelation today was um, number five in this chapter, how to react to which causes us to lose peace, uh-huh. is one abandons oneself completely or not at all. Yeah. And for me, the completely was in everything, even what I might feel as petty worries or, you know, like you said, first world concerns or anxieties. Um, We have to abandon all of that to God because um, those are the things that cause me anxieties. Like this week has been so stressful with just, you know, work-related things, uh, logistical things to where I, you know, almost couldn't move my neck yesterday because I was so stressed out. And those are the things also that we need to fully abandon to God mm-hmm. to know, mm-hmm. you know, not just, you know, if not that it's a bad or a unimportant thing, but I'm thinking of like big, big things like, right. you know, cancer diagnosis. Well, mm-hmm. OK, I'm going to peacefully um, give that to God, even though I might suffer. But I can say, well, I'm going to know that whatever the outcome, God will, you know, I can rest in him even mm-hmm. if I suffer. Well, that's. I can do the same thing if I have a deadline that it looks like yeah. I'm not going to meet uh-huh. and I'm feeling so stressed out, but I feel like, well, I can't give that to God because that's just silly and that's yeah. not something that, you know, my mom used to say incorrectly, you know, God doesn't worry himself about those things, you know, yeah. um, but he does. Yeah. We can give him everything. Yeah. Um, Maybe what she, um, again, implicit in her words <laughs> is that it's nothing for God. Right. And he wants us to take those things to him because, like, I've got this, you know. Right. God, I know you've you've got this. I don't, but with you, I can. So, right. it, nothing is too petty or too great for him, but it overwhelms us. Yeah, and you know, those those smaller things, practicing, and and Philippe makes this point in this next section that it's a gradual thing. It's a practice, achieving peace of heart. It's not a an automatic thing like, oh, I choose to have peace of heart, yes to this. I mean, that's important, but we have to say it, we have to persevere in saying that and striving for it. And so we grow. And these littler things, like the deadlines and stuff, they, um, it's like building up a muscle. You can't just go from being a couch potato to running a marathon. You should know about this as far as the running the <laughs> marathon true. part. You've never been a couch <laughs> potato. But you have to practice and, and build up. And so then when that um, really devastating, really hugely challenging thing, the cancer diagnosis, the uh, death, and all these things that there's no, we can't prevent or know what tomorrow holds, but we will be that somewhat more prepared for them because we have been uh, 
practicing, training, training, yeah, on um, looking to Him for our peace and growing in our experience, consequently, of His faithfulness and paternal um, uh, taking care of things in these little things. So we learn to trust. That's what little kids have to do, you know, they have to learn to trust. And, uh, Father Felipe put it that way somewhere in, in the book. I'm not going to look for it, but mm-hmm. it was the same um, idea was repeated uh, by our priest today in his homily. And in that, you know, um, God's not necessarily going to do these things for you. Like any of the challenges that you have, just because you're giving them to God doesn't mean that they go away. Right. Uh, we still um, need to meet the deadline, mm-hmm. but we don't have to make ourselves sick about it. Yes. You know, we can give that that um, peace to God and knowing that whatever happens, well, if I meet the, the, I don't meet the deadline and whatever consequences I have of that, that I can rest in peace that God loves me right. and that, you know, I can continue in whatever way that I need to, to go in order to make up for that or to move forward. Right, um, right. Even in the small things. Right on point. Um, and on page, I think it's page 25, Father Philippe says um, that Jesus isn't forbidding us to work for things. Um, um, and this follows him talking about, you know, the, the, the passage in the gospel about the lilies of the field. Look at them mm-hmm. and the birds. They don't right. spin and toil. And, um and, and also in that same passage, your, your father knows what you need. But Philippe says, um, Jesus isn't forbidding us to work for things, but he wants us, he want, but Jesus wants to deliver us from the worry that gnaws at us about these things and causes us to lose our peace. We should see what, what is needed and apply ourselves to it, but try to apply ourselves without worry. Um, apply ourselves with trusting confidence as much as we can, um, which will always continue to grow that confidence again as we persevere in, in striving for um, this peace of heart. Um, yeah, he makes a pretty huge. Um, uh, what is it, accusation of, I guess it's the obvious um, on the next page, that he says, man does not have confidence in God, you know, and that's right. that's what underlies all this mm-hmm. frenetic, anxious, all the, you know, the emotional and mental illness that is just on the rise in our culture because of this, this, um, the absence of God in hearts. And it backfires. The things that we think, you know, we think that God couldn't possibly, or we're afraid that God can't make us as happy as whatever our poison is, you know, the thing that we think sustains us, but those things actually don't because our concern about them, about about keeping it, Uh you know, whatever it might be. Um, it causes us stress and anxiety and yeah. um, causes us to lose our peace. Right. And um, the way that we, so of, you talked about training. So how do we train? And the way we train, I guess, is, is through prayer. Right, right. And this this um, section, he, he divides the things that are the two main, most common challenges to um, achieving, to growing that peace of heart. Uh, one, fear. Fear that we're going to somehow lose the things that we cling to that mean so much to us. 
um, a number, uh, or, or that we're not going to get what we need if we either don't have it and we really need it, or we need more of it, you know? So fear of that, fear of lack, some manifestation of lack. And secondly, um, suffering. The presence of suffering in our lives. Um, those two are the two main challenges to our peace. And then after he develops that, those two things, and responds to those two things, he says these, um, um, the solution to that is prayer. That's right, what you just right. said. That is how we... Um, um, and not inocu- well, inoculate ourselves in a certain sense, yeah, is the habit of prayer. It's something we have to um, accept is required. And um, I believe somewhere in here, he doesn't say, don't get all discouraged about this now and think, well, I'm too busy, I can't pray, because we have some very limited ideas about what constitutes prayer. Right. You know? Um, yes, the beautiful prayer of going into our little room and having that quiet time to commune with Jesus what a beautiful grace and gift and blessing it would be to have that to have that every day even to have that for more than two minutes but it might not be but if it isn't I mean God is allowing the circumstances to be in our life whatever they are in this moment and he wants us to work with him he wants us to let him work with us in these circumstances it might be that my prayer life is constituted by trying as much as possible to train my heart on him while I'm washing dirty pans or navigating (laughs) snarly traffic. You know, that might be the best I can do, but I can work towards maybe adjusting my schedule to allow an occasional daily mass or to allow some downtime where I can remove myself, turn off my phone and, and whatever, you know. We can work towards that, but we don't need to be anxious about that. I don't have it right now because of some image that we've gotten in our heads about what prayer means. It's right. so not limited. Prayer right. just me really is just thinking about God. The minute you think about him, you meet him. Right. Whether and you just give it and um I don't know if this plays into that. I think it does. I really like this comparison when he talked about um, people, you know, not knowing, being afraid, you know, if God's going to be able to provide that peace that they need. And um, he says, um, it is important to know one thing. We cannot experience the support from God unless we leave him the necessary space in which he can express himself. As long as a person who must jump with a parachute does not jump out into the void, he cannot feel the cords of the parachute will support him. I love that. I love that too, <laughs> because the parachute has not yet had the chance to open. So we, mer- we must first jump before God can carry us. Uh-huh. And if we're not willing to jump and take that risk, we're not going to feel his support right. because we're just holding that in anxiety mm-hmm. of all these Mm-hmm. things that we think we need to have or outside things that are supporting us. So if mm-hmm. we don't give God that space, and I suppose the space is prayer, opening mm-hmm. ourselves up to him, mm-hmm. opening ourselves to his presence, right. whether we're actively saying prayerful words, we're just mm-hmm. allowing to be in his presence and allowing ourselves to jump into that void Mm -hmm. and allow him to support us and hold us. um, Right. And not only that very uh, purposeful thing you just described, 
but also in a negative sense, a sort of backing off because in that same uh, page, that same passage, he elaborates some. He talks about how this this um, failure to take that leap of faith, mm-hmm. to jump into the void, is shown in, and boy, do I relate to this. Our, um, okay, we get in our heads that things have to be this way, this way, and this way. My day has to go this way. It has to include this, this, and this, or whatever, long-term, short-term. And so, to accomplish these things, I got my little checkoff list. I've got to call this person. I've got to do that. I've got to write out this. And um, I have to cross every T and dot every I ahead of time. And I have to have everything so fail-safe set up according to my own lights, you see, right. according to my own sense of security. I have to buy insurance or put things in place as a sort of insurance against failure of this plan or that plan or that plan. We don't right. leave any room for um, providence. Providence, right. <laughs> yes. And he even gives the description of the priest with his homily right. who might write it all out down to every last comma and semicolon without um, allowing room for the Holy Spirit to speak. And because this shows trust that I don't have to be so anal, if you will, right. about planning everything. I know and, all about that. <laughs> oh, don't I? And you know what I think in general, all of us do because our culture is just moving that way. Right. I got to look out for number one. I got to put things in place for moi. And, and otherwise, yeah, who's going to do it for me, you right. know? I really appreciated that example too. I'm um, talking about uh, like religious orders and doing their work. Yes. You know, like um, they don't know how they're going to feed the poor, but they set it up and they get started, and then somehow, you know, not somehow, the Holy Spirit, the mm-hmm. Lord provides. And then, you know, the check comes in and the food arrives and they're able to do their mission. Right. Um, and I also appreciated though that he said, um, it is appropriate and okay to plan, <laughs> exactly. to have things in order, mm-hmm. um, but do allow um, for the Lord to also work in us. And um, he says, our natural abilities are also instruments in the hands of providence. Mm-hmm. So we we can prepare and we can be ready to do the, the things that we need to do and then also have faith that the Lord is going to move in us to do the things that we have set ourselves up to do right and right. have faith that um you know that they're going to work out and if they don't work out the way we thought they needed to go that they will work yeah. out and somehow. he's allowing that too he's right. allowing that apparent failure right yeah for whatever inscrutable reason of his or it might be a little bit scrutable you know but right. we just have to trust in him yeah he says it's not wrong to prepare it all depends on the spirit in which it is done for me right. to prepare, you know, with all that, what we were just talking about before, versus for me to prepare um, with a sense that the Holy Spirit is right now working in me and in my thoughts and in my actions, and I'm just trying to cooperate with Him. However imperfectly, that's perfectly fine. Right. Yeah, and, and yeah, how those religious order founders just stepped out in trust and so much of what they did seems like such folly to us and we tend to set them apart and say oh well they were a different animal or something than me not true not true that person you're hearing about who did these things that's you and me that's you and me with a a greater trust grown in him that just be prepared yeah because what we can accomplish just on our own natural powers is 
not enough because he says what God demands of us anyways, this is on page 30, always goes beyond our natural human capabilities. So just give it up, Leslie. Don't, don't, um, yeah, as far as making it all about your natural human capabilities, that has to be um, um, imbued with God's supernatural power. And, and like you said, that's, that's through prayer that I allow that to happen. Because he's not going to force himself on us. Right. Prayer is coming to him to receive. Right. And he's and, just waiting for us to do it. Right. And again, with full abandonment. Because mm-hmm. um, you said also, you know, our, our parent failures. And, and we, you know, we don't, may not be really a failure. It might just be mm-hmm. the way that God wanted things to go. And so this, is, this will be, we'll end with this. Um, this thought where, um, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my ways above your ways, and my thoughts above your thoughts. So that's Isaiah. Um, And so that's sort of describing what you just said. Mm -hmm. You know, we may not understand why things are going that way, but we don't have a comprehension of what, you know, because his ways are so much higher than our ways and his words are so much, our thoughts are so much uh, higher than our thoughts. Right. Um, Amen. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Till next time. Yes. Thank you. Thank you.